Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey everyone, this is Turk182. And I'm Akomi. Ah, uh, so, you know, Akomi, I, um, I want to say I hate doing this. But it's not that like I hate doing this, it just seems like, like we, we keep kind of like coming back around to this and coming back around to this and coming back around to this. And it is because I, well, obviously people aren't listening to us, mm-hmm. but because people are doing the same thing over and over again, it's really, it's really pissing me off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm tired of it, man. I'm so freaking tired of it, dude. Cause I, cause we keep having to have any same conversations right. and I'm like, okay, when, when are we going to stop? When are we going to stop, you know, having these conversations? Because you guys are being assholes and, um, uh, <laughs> that's pretty much all there is to it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like the fish in SpongeBob where he's like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Yeah. It's, I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So, um, hey everyone, my name is Turk182. Yeah. And I'm a Comey. And uh, today we are kind of doing another one of our episodes where we're, you know, bitch slapping somebody that had something bad to say about Marvel movies. Yeah. Now, when we say Marvel movies, we're talking mainly about the current MCU movies that are by Marvel slash Disney, mm-hmm. not the ones that came before it, like, you know, the original um, New World Pictures, Captain America, or even the the Captain America movies we watched earlier, the, yeah. <laughs> the made-for-TV ones. Now, even the Fantastic Four movies, uh, Ghost Rider, Daredevil, no matter, no matter how much I love Daredevil, <laughs> you know, the Ang Lee Hulk and all that kind of stuff. You know, we we're talking about the, like, the current run. Yeah. And, and these movies are not without their faults. No, no, no. I mean, fun. but... I mean, it's it's at they're taking the the genre and the the characters and they uh, they're viewing them in a light and taking them in a direction that is both equally pleasing to fans and to non fans, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, which I'm going to say I never thought about that when I was a kid yeah. and hoping for a Marvel movie that because I mean I wanted to see a literal translation of the comic book, which of course right, you could right. you couldn't do, um, and kind of. And as an adult, I can appreciate that. Okay, we've got to change things. Like, okay, Ultron was not made by Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. He was made by Tony Stark and with a little bit of a Banner's help. You know, right. oh, okay, that's so different. You know, Ultron doesn't, you know, have like a love for, you know, Janet Van Dyne. Like, these characters haven't, been, haven't you know, uh, been invented yet. Like, right, right. We're, we're going we're gonna to change these things around some. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, because that's what works. Yeah. You know? Um. So, but, uh, you know, I, I will say that, like, they, they do make it much more accessible that way. They do. Like, they're, they're increasing their fan base exponentially by taking the approach that they do. And they're not destroying, like, the heart of the story either. Right, right. So, and that's something else I can appreciate is that you're, you're saying, okay, I've got to change this, you know, not because I necessarily want to, but because it's what I need to do to make the overall story work right. with what we have here. Because we don't have the full universe to work with, you know. Right, right. We don't have all this lore and stuff like that to go. So, but what I'm sick of is people like this. Roland <laughs> Emmerich. So, this is from IndieWire article from February 5th uh, to this year, 2022. Yeah. And the headline says, Roland Emmerich slams Marvel and Star Wars for ruining our industry. <laughs> So, okay, Roland, 
that that's fine. I appreciate that you say ruining our industry. First off, first off, it's when you say our industry, I know you're talking about directors and creators, mm-hmm. but as a fan, we have just as much to do with your industry, if not a little bit more. And I'm not going to say that we have more to do, but a little bit more because as, as viewers, we are much more invested in movies than you are as creators. Right. Right. Not everybody out there is a Martin Scorsese, which I've talked about before, who watches a shit ton of movies. Right. right. Not just domestic movies. I mean, he watches, you know, foreign films. He watches all kinds of genres and stuff. Not everybody does that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just kind of like, um, like when you talk to the, the actors or you see interviews with actors who haven't watched their own films or they like, they haven't been able to watch these movies because they're too busy filming and that kind of stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, like when you when you do something all day, like sometimes you don't want to come home and participate in that. Right, you know? right. So if I if I'm you know it's maybe a bad example, but if I'm a if I'm a baseball coach and I'm coaching baseball all day, the last thing I want to do is come home and watch like a little league game. So right, you know, right. like I like I need to take a break from that. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes I can't watch it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm too busy like pointing out or, or critiquing it. Right, right. So so when you say ruining our industry. Like, you're really kind of speaking for yourself and select directors. Right. You're not speaking for the industry as a whole because, again, the viewers are the people that make up the industry. Whether I like what some of the people want to see or not, you know? Yeah. You know, but that's, again, part of the industry. So, so it says here, criticism of Marvel movies is nothing new, right? Um, and it says, uh, but those criticisms usually come from art house side of Hollywood where filmmakers complaining that, the prevalence of blockbusters makes it harder to fund smaller films. I can I can appreciate that. I get that, yeah. Um, I will say a caveat to this is that when you do have a smaller, low-budget movie that does really well, the studios didn't try to capitalize on that. Like, oh, let's make smaller movies like Paranormal Activity, like hit it really big with like, you know, it only costs like, you know, like... $150,000, $50,000 to make, mm-hmm. it made like $60 million at the box office. Look at that profit margin. Yeah. That's what we need to do. Yeah. And then what they start doing is they don't, they don't come across, they don't come at it with the same, like, uh, the same perspective and the, the same way that, that the, the independent creator did. Right. They come at it from the idea of, we're just going to give a bunch of people a small amount of money. Yeah. Expecting to turn a huge profit. Yeah, but you're not really trying to take a tall story again. You're all about this profit, mm-hmm. so um, so it, so it, it works both ways. Yeah, I mean that's uh, Robert Rodriguez's whole shtick. If you've ever read uh, Rebel Without a Crew, I have not. That that's all about how he made the entire Desperado film on a budget of like thirteen thousand dollars. And was his mom like a caterer? I think so. Yeah, and I think he called it like the truck and bus tour because that's what they did. We just get in a truck and a bus and they drive to the location and yep. shoot. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, so yeah, like you know, makes it a hardest to fund smaller projects. Why, yes, that is true. But when you do have a smaller project that does phenomenally well, then Hollywood jumps on and be like, "Let's put out more of these, and we're going to churn them out, no matter how bad they could be." Right. Because then it gets to the thing where, even if, even if we don't have like great a great story as well directed or anything else. We only invested like hundred thousand dollars into this. Yeah, yeah. So 
as long as it makes at least a million dollars opening weekend, I've already made a shit ton of profit. And yeah, then, yeah. and then I can still count on that making more money, in like you know, um, on like streaming and like DVD sales and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so uh, it goes. But it appears that even the big biggest blockbuster filmmakers have their grievances with Hollywood's main franchise. Disaster filmmaker Roland Emmerich has once again joined the chorus of voices saying that Hollywood makes too many Marvel and Star Wars movies and the trend makes him fear for the future of original features. So because you're making Marvel and Star Wars movies doesn't stop them from being original. Yeah. I'm using characters that are somewhat established or well known, but I'm still telling a story that I want to what I want to tell. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, I'm not necessarily adapting from something. And I'm telling you in a way that I want to tell it. One of the things, though, so let's say Eternals, right? The Eternals movie was not well received by a lot of people, but they gave that filmmaker like carte blanche. Right. They, this got to fit into, into this, like uh, into our overall like storyline here. Mm-hmm. But how you tell the story and the story that you want to tell, we're going to leave entirely up to you. Right, right. So... She accepted the job to be able to tell the story, and and she was able to do it her own way. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I don't really see there's a lot to complain about there. So, speaking to Den of Geek to promote his latest film, Moonfall, which we'll get to that in a minute, <laughs> Emmerich lamented the current state of blockbuster filmmaking, because naturally Marvel and DC Comics and Star Wars are pretty much taking over. So, DC, not so much. Nah. Yeah, not so much. And they've taken over. They've taken over because no other moves are being made except for those. Because, you know, because everybody's making a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. No, wait, are they? <laughs> no, because they don't all have the license to make Marvel movies. Right, Only right. Disney does. And Disney's not making out making five Marvel movies a year because they've got other shit to do. Yeah. You know? um, I don't remember them complaining about, like, you know, every movie this year is like a Pixar animated thing or whatever. You know, it's like, okay. Right, right. But yeah, let's 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 throw these these movies out there and let you trample all over them because <laughs> you know whatever. Um, uh, so uh, it's ruining our industry a little bit because nobody does anything original anymore. I, again, you're talking about Warner Brothers and DC and Disney mm-hmm. who are making these two movies. In the case of Disney, Star Wars and Marvel, right? Warner right. Brothers is DC, and they can't make up their minds what the fuck they want to do with that. Yeah, it's like they're going to come up with an origin story every year, right? There are a bunch of other film studios out there that are making movies. Yeah, yeah. So just because two of them, two big ones, are doing it this way, doesn't stop anybody else from doing anything because they don't have those properties to do anything with. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of them are running around trying to find a new property to shop around. Right. You may have some streaming sites that are doing that stuff, right? But even then, like, not to a great extent. Right, okay. yeah. So, Dimitri Emmerich is a poster child for excessively commercial Hollywood blockbusters. But while the Independence Day director does not deny the fact that he's never seen a VFX explosion he didn't love. Okay. Wow. Um <laughs> He, uh, he says he used his status as a disaster filmmaker to advance his mission of making original films. 
Hey, Irwin Allen called. He said, stop fucking riding my coattails, dick shit. <laughs> I did the same thing back in the 70s. Right. And trust me, I know because I love those disaster movies. Yeah. The airport oh, yes, series. <laughs> like the side adventure. Um, hell, I haven't watched it. Like, I keep saying I want to watch Cassandra Crossing. I watched... Uh, City on Fire. City on Fire. Oh my God, City on Fire is horrible. <laughs> I was a Canadian when that movie was bad. City on Fire was horrible. <laughs> I mean, I bought, I bought the special edition of Earthquake on Blu-ray when it came out. And that's not a good movie either, but I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. I love those movies. Now, was Independence Day considered a disaster film? Because I thought it was a sci-fi. It's a sci-fi disaster movie because oh, they're well. destroying the cities. Okay. So, okay. and it's all about the people trying to fight back or trying to survive in you know, the aftermath of that. See, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from with that. But to me, it's like, well, you know, like... Lord of the Rings is a fantasy film. There's romantic elements in it. But it's not a romance. Well, I think because the in, in the Independence Day, the main thing they focused on was like the, the cities being destroyed and the people that yeah, were left yeah. afterwards. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Um, so, um, he says his, uh, he credits his reputation with allowing him uh, to secure a $146 million budget for an original movie about the moon falling onto the earth. Okay. All right. All right. You should you should make bold new movies, you know. And I think, actually, Christopher Nolan is the master of that. He is someone who can make movies about whatever he wants. I have it, uh, I have it a little bit harder, but I still have a big enough name, especially when it's a disaster or it has some sort of disaster thing. So, oh, yeah. I mean, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, great. He's he's pretty amazing. I loved his Batman movies. Thank you. Um, didn't he, didn't, was he also the executive producer of uh, Man of Steel? Didn't he also, like, he and his brother, like, write the the uh, the, the story that the, they, the, the, the screenplay was based off of? Right, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you very much for that. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if he would take his hand out of his ass long enough to actually flip through a book or something, then he, <laughs> you know, Ron Emmerich would know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> Just needs uh, to go feel some grass. Moonfall was released to an onslaught of negative reviews with IndieWire's David uh, uh, Ehrlich calling it breathtakingly stupid. <laughs> wow, that is... Uh, that, wow, that's beautiful, That's baby. good. We need to get that guy on the podcast. <laughs> the film expects to have an uphill battle at the box office weekend. This, of course, this was uh, February 5th. But no matter what happens, don't expect Emmerich to start making franchise films anytime soon. Good. <laughs> Glad. He's even expressed regret over making Independence Day Resurgence. Hey, I regret watching that, and I did it on HBO. <laughs> uh, saying I should have just said no because all of a sudden I was making something I criticized myself. A sequel. Ooh. Uh. I'm, I'm so sorry that I couldn't like tell my whole story in like two hours and I had to like, like spread it out over, you know, like a couple of movies. Yeah. Uh, oh, geez, that's, that's so bad. That's uh, so bad. I wonder bad. how many sequels Christopher Nolan has directed. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess just the, the, the Batman ones. And then, fuck, Dark Knight Rises. You know, we, we know how Dark Knight Rises is just damn awful. Yeah. But, I mean, okay, so that, that's Roland Emmerich. So, Still, we didn't talk about him being amazing. He did. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, but, I mean, so Christopher Nolan, I haven't seen, um, and it's actually a remake. Um, but uh, Insomnia. I haven't seen Insomnia yet. I, I really want to. But, you know, I've seen Memento. Mm-hmm. I like Memento a lot. Um, and I haven't seen Tenet yet either. And I, I mean, it's kind of mixed on that one. But of course, I've seen Batman uh, Begins. 
and uh, The Dark Knight, and I've seen uh, Inception. I love Inception. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like the uh, some of the early like Christopher Nolan films he did, but I mean he he's a, he's a great director. He's got really good ideas, and and I think he knows how to sell them too. I don't think you could have sold Inception. Mm-hmm. It, I'm gonna tell you this. I don't think he could have sold Inception if he hadn't have made Batman. Right, right. There's, there's, I don't think there's, there's no way he could have. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I, I like Nolan's work. So I'm not gonna say that he's not a great director because he really is. Um, and he's, he's not a great writer because he is. Is was it his younger brother could use a little bit of work, but we'll, you know, yeah, whatever. Right. That's why they don't talk about him. So. And and you see mentioned like like making a sequel, but Insomniac I think is is a remake of a French film. Mm-hmm. So is it really any difference from a sequel to a remake? Right, right. You know, I mean, yes, I get that there is, but when you're doing a remake, you're generally not doing like a Gus Van Zandt like shot for shot of Psycho, right? right? You're you're taking it and you're putting your own spin on it and trying to change things a little bit to make it slightly different enough so people can't say like, oh, I've already seen that. Yeah, yeah, but. Really, what's the difference between doing a remake and a sequel, in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. You're still revisiting territory or visiting territory that you've either you've already visited or someone else has already visited. Yeah, you know? yeah. And generally, fairly recently, right? Okay, so let's take a look here at Roland Emmerich's uh, at his his track record here. Yeah, like so he did Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Did he do anything else? So going back to, I'm going to start with 1984. He had a short film he did in 1979. Another movie he did in 79 as well. Both of them short films. 1984, he did a movie called The Noah's Ark Principle. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay. 85, Making Contact. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. 87, Ghost Chase. Never heard of it. No, never heard of it. 1990, Moon 44. Uh, Moon 44. Um, I recognize some of the, oh, hey, Dean Devlin's in it. I know Dean Devlin because he worked with him on Independence Day. <laughs> I didn't know he was an actor, but apparently he is. Yeah. Um, I know some of the actors that are in this movie. Michael McDowell's in it. Um, okay. Stephen Jeffries. Um, Stephen Jeffries was uh, um, uh, Evil Ed and uh, Fright Night. Yep, yep. It's got uh, Brian Thompson in it. Brian Thompson's been in tons of stuff. Uh, most of the time in the movies I've seen, he always has his head cut off. <laughs> uh, Michael Paré. Lisa Icorn, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she was in uh, Beverly Hills Cop um, one. Huh. Uh, she worked at the uh, she worked at the art museum with uh, Serge. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's her, right? Get the fuck out! I can now. I'm serious. <laughs> uh, get the fuck out of here! Yeah. So um, I just want to make sure that she's exactly one thing out because I remember that name. Was she was she South African? Uh, no, different person. Uh, let's see. I know this chick from something. Oh, she was in Tales of the Unexpected. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. I know her name from something. She was in Miami Vice. So it's not the chick from um, from uh, Back to the Future. I'm not Back to the Future. I'm sorry. From, uh, from uh, Billy Hill's Cop. Uh, what the hell has she been in that? I know. Because I know her name. Equalizer... Oh, she was in the Moon 44. That's, yeah. Uh, she's in Swamp Thing TV series, Vanishing. Um, I think it's the original Vanishing. Uh, where the hell do I know her from? Hunter Mr. Ripley. Hmm. Oh, fuck. Maybe I don't know her at all. Oh, well. 
Sucks to be you, but, um, but anyway, <laughs> but I, I do actually know, I just can't think of what it is. But anyway, so that's beside the point. Um, so Moon 44 has these people in it. Um, and this weird ass dude who, when I show you his face, you can know exactly who he is, but like, I can't really think of like anything offhand that. Oh yeah. Yeah. You've seen him in tons of shit. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, Leon Rippy. Um, uh, so, uh, what else we got here? So, 1982. First time I've ever heard of Roland Emmerich. 1982, Universal Soldier. Hmm. Because Universal Soldier was a great movie. I remember renting that and falling asleep during it. Because was, <laughs> it was boring. Like, after the beginning, then it was like, it just got really boring. And it was <laughs> like, I'm like, dude... Excuse me, at the time, um, you had uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of at the height of his, you know, like at the cusp of, like, of his of his career. Like he was like really like, you know, right right about to hit that, that curve where it's like everyone loves him and now he's going downhill. Right, right. And then you had, uh, you had uh, like Ivan Drago himself, right? Dolph Lundgren in a movie like, okay, ready, we're ready to get it. Uh, and I'm like, I'm bored as shit. Right. Like, yeah. I, it, it's a boring ass movie. How it got all these sequels and everything, I do not know. And then Stargate. Not Foggate, not that movie, it's Stargate. So Stargate, <laughs> Stargate I enjoyed. Stargate's a good movie. Um, and mm. of course, it was able to, it was written by, directed by him, written by Dean Devlin um, and Roland Emmerich. And of course, it had its, its TV series and that kind of stuff. Stargate a, is a fun movie. It's got Kurt Russell in it, and you know. Mm-hmm. So then you get Independence Day. All right, Independence Day is a lot of fun. I watched the, the shit out of Independence Day. Loved right. it, right? Um, and uh, I mean, it's even got some of my best, like Jeff Goldblum lines. Uh, it's like, let's try that again. Yes, please, uh, uh, without the oops. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, but then after Independence Day, we have probably one of the best movies. Roland Emmerich has ever made to date. I think it's a movie that, that hands down, people say that if I'm ever going to watch a movie from this genre, this is the one I watch because nothing else compares to it. Like, like, uh-huh. like, like a Prince song, nothing compares to you. Right. That would be the 1998 Matthew Broderick, Jean Renault film. Oh no, they say he's got to go. Go, go, Godzilla. <laughs> oh, Godzilla. That movie fucking sucks shit. That movie was so bad that to- Toho made fun of it. When they did Destroy All Monsters and they're showing all the monsters from all the previous Godzilla movies just kicking the shit out of each other, they brought in that Godzilla. He was like, ah! And Godzilla just goes smack and knocks him across the city and he, that's it. That's his whole thing in the movie. Which is their way of saying that he's weak and pathetic and stupid. I remember the oh, the ad campaigns for that when they had these things like these uh, these uh, like the uh, decals on the side of the bus and everything was like his foot is this big because they kept everything under wraps for the movie. Right, right. And then they release it and then people are like, "That's not Godzilla." <laughs> And then you've got the ending with all the Godzilla eggs. It's like, wait, this is fucking Jurassic Park. Right, yeah. It's so bad. And then you've got Jean Reno in it. And I'm like, why the hell is he in this movie? Like, the French have, uh, are following. I'm like, the French? (laughs) Yep. The French, like, 
the, I mean, I'm not trying to put the French down. I love Jean Reno, but like, why is he in this movie? Oh, like, no, we can put the French down. It's fine. Um, I, I do got to give him props for one line in that entire movie. What? One line. Why are they chewing gum? They think it makes them look more American. Hmm. There you go. Now you don't have to watch the movie because you just heard the the line, the good line. Oh, the only part, the other part, what I love was uh, which Hank Azaria is in it playing the cameraman. Is when Godzilla goes a step and he like and he's like steps and he's like he's right between his toes. Yeah. And the other than that, the entire movie is crap. And like, okay, wait, wait, wait. We're gonna make this. And of course, of course, they had to put the movie in New York. Like, right. why? And people are asking, like, why is Godzilla going to New York? Like, why is Godzilla <laughs> going to New York? Yeah. And he's, he's the guardian of Japan. Oh yeah. And then in this one, like, but. It didn't make, it made no state, nothing that movie made any sense, but we're going to make a Godzilla movie. We're going to put it in New York. We're not going to get the ghost of Raymond Burr. And it's going to be an action movie. Of course. Let's get Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Let's get Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, the guy, the guy from, from Fresh Bueller's Day Off? No, no. The guy from fucking War Games. <laughs> The guy from Project X. Remember Project X when he's trying to save the chimps from the from the from them, trying to teach him how to fly warplanes, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the guy I want. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, Matthew fucking Brock. <laughs> oh, so yeah. You know, I mean, like, I'm so glad that we've got. This Godzilla film, because I go back to it all the time. Not like those shitty Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. No, no, not not like those at all. I mean, those don't reward repeated watchings, but boy, does the 1998 Godzilla does Manhattan. <laughs> That's exactly it. Godzilla does Manhattan. Yeah, oh. boy, that that's sure, sure a fine piece of cinema right there. Oh, man. I, the guy, the guy that made strong that movie. directing arm, boy. I want to shake his hand. <laughs> now, to... Okay, so to his credit, the budget was was estimated $130 million. Opening weekend, it made $44 million. It grossed in the U.S. $136 million. So in the U.S., it actually made $6 million. Worldwide gross, <laughs> $379 million. This was, of course, before they started counting foreign gross mm-hmm. and they only counted just domestic which i've never understood like money is money right, right, right. so like like well but no it's not a success unless we make all our money here in america because <laughs> america but it's okay opening weekend too um so so yeah your movie fucking bombed all right <laughs> so after that he does the patriot with mel gibson and uh heath ledger racist ass mel gibbons yeah racist ass mel gibbons <laughs> which there's nothing Better than making a movie about a, uh, you know, here's the description for it. Peaceful farmer Benjamin Martin is driven to lead the colonial militia during the American Revolution when a sadistic British officer murders his son. Because, you know, what better way to tell a a story about the American Revolution than to get two Australians? Yeah, totally. Because, yeah, that, um, that, that really, that really sells it. So, so Benjamin Button's Australian wife gets killed, right? 
Did I hear that right? <laughs> Benjamin Button's Australian wife. Yeah, some, something like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think you got the wrong person. <laughs> because Benjamin Button was uh, Brad Pitt. Yes, I know. But, but Benjamin Button's, Button's girlfriend, who was older than him than younger than him, or younger than him than older than him, was Kate Blanchett. Oh, yeah. And what did she ever do? Oh, what did Kate Blanchett ever do? Because, I mean, she's isn't she like an Academy Award winner? Yeah, she's she's done some pretty impressive stuff. Because I think one of the earliest things that she did that I remember seeing her in was like the Elizabeth movies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then she was in... God, was she ever in a franchise movie? She was in Ocean's 8. Yep. Kate Blanchett was in Ocean's 8. There you go. Yep. And, uh, and also... <laughs> and also... And you know... Hot-ass Hella and Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, yeah. It gives me the masterpiece, baby. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, she breaks Thor's hammer, so. Give me a tom-tom drum. Like, yum, yummy, yum, yum. Yummy, yum, yum. <laughs> She's so kinds of delicious. Oh, so. Mm. So, yeah, uh. Would Ragnarok, I mean, wouldn't, at least that final scene, that's kind of a disaster thing, right? Um, Big monster totally destroying an entire world. Big monster! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so The Patriot. The Patriot isn't a bad movie. I remember watching it, enjoying it. Don't hate it at all. Uh, but I've only seen it once. Um, but yeah. Okay, Patriot. Hmm. So then he follows the Patriot up with the day after tomorrow, the one where the, like there's a major freeze that happens and freezes everything and like, and like the couple hours and uh, oh that movie, God that was boring. The one with Jake Gyllenhaal and all that. Yeah, of, it's got uh, Donnie Darko in it. Uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. That movie is so boring. Holy shit, yeah. And they, dude, it's got Emmy Emma Emmy Rossum in it. Mm. Emmy Rossum. Fucking adorable, oh, yeah. man. I no, love seeing Amy Rossum, dude. Yeah, she's super cute. However, oh. <laughs> in, yeah, in, in that movie, and they're all like, oh, I'm so cold, I'm going to burn these books. And the librarian's like, no! Don't do it! Which I have to agree, like, you've, you're in a library, and one thing that libraries are pretty much known for is, like, Tons of wooden bookshelves. Like, almost everything in the library is made out of wood. You can't have a library that's not made out of wood. <laughs> so you've got plenty of things to burn other than the books, which are going to burn so fast because they're yeah, just yeah. paper. But like, yes, no, don't burn the books. I'm a librarian. I know that paper burns too fast to really heat you up. <laughs> burn the fucking chairs, man. I like, mean, the only reason to ever, like, burn the book would be for, like, kindling, you know. Like, get, yeah. get that fire started. And then it's like, well, they got Family Circus and Garfield collections, so. Yeah, they do, right? I mean. You know, like, stop trying to burn the Iliad, you jackass. Yeah, it's like, oh, they got a whole V.C. Andrews section here. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I was in the attic. I'm setting that attic on fire. <laughs> so, well, I mean, what's wrong with flowers in the attic? You don't you don't have a thing for Wincest? <laughs> oh. Yeah. You have any kids? No, I don't have any kids, cooks. I don't want to marry a woman with no with kids. I don't have any kids. <laughs> they still go up into the attic. Why are you constantly taking food up there? Fuck you. That's why. <laughs> You're the perfect man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm really hoping to settle down with a woman who doesn't have kids. She runs home. You guys gotta go upstairs now. <laughs> you don't have it upstairs in the attic. Go. 
It wouldn't it be easier to hide them in the basement than the attic? I mean, you would think. It's like, like oh, those squirrels are so damn loud. <laughs> <laughs> so day after tomorrow, piece of crap. 10,000 BC, piece of crap. I'm not familiar with 10,000 BC. Well, then you're blessed. <laughs> so then we move to 2012. Oh, my oh, God. God. The one about the mind calendar. Uh, the, yeah, it's the one where, like, the, the, it's, it's got John Cusack in it, and, like, the, there's a, the earthquake, and things are falling apart, it's got Woody Harrelson as the guy, like, I knew it! Yeah. Oh, my God! It's just, like, shit falling off the ledge into nothingness. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah, and then they've, they've got, like, the, they've got the, the, the big arcs that are gonna save people, that they get everybody to the arcs. I mean, the movie's got a really good cast. It's got, uh, Chuatel Ejiofor in it. Uh, Tandwi Newton, John Cusack has got really uh, some really nice cast people in it. The movie is horrible. That told you about the nightmare I had about 2012, right? That sounds vaguely familiar. So I watched the movie and I just remember like this movie is so damn stupid. It's so stupid. That night I had a dream that I went to the movies to see 2012. I went to the movies. And, like, 2012 was playing. And it's when I had the movie I, like, paid to go see. Right, right. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm like, I'm not watching this movie. This movie's horrible. I'm leaving. So I got up to leave the theater. And I go and I walk up the aisle to leave. And at the door is a guy, is a guy there. And he's like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm leaving. He's like, unfortunately, you have to pay to leave. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, if you want to leave, you got to pay to leave. And I'm like, okay, fine. How much is it? So I pay him to leave. He opens the door. I step out of the theater into another theater that's showing 2012. <laughs> oh, that's glorious. Oh, like that movie fucking sucked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that one being pretty bad. Then he did this movie, Anonymous. Uh, the theory that it was Edward de Ville, um, Earl of Oxford who pinned Shakespeare's plays and yeah, yeah nobody ever watched that shit right right I mean I, it could have been good I don't know nobody ever watched it made a movie called Dark Horse and then he did a movie called White House Down with Channing Tatum which <laughs> I, to me I'm I, I'm more of an Olympus Has Fallen kind of guy right right than the White House Down and I'm gonna tell you right now Olympus Has Fallen or all the Olympus movies right um, they're not great but what I loved about them was that when uh when like the main character is is like going through, and he's you know he's shooting like the I think the Koreans were the bad guys in that, mm-hmm. and um, and he's going through and shooting them like he double taps them like right, he, right. he went through and there are people laying on the ground dead he shoots them again like <laughs> okay that's the way you do it yeah. he played the guitar on MTV, uh then he did a movie called Stonewall a young man's political awakening coming of age during the days and weeks leading up to the Stonewall riots never heard of this movie no. Came out in 2015. Could be a good movie. Could not be. I don't know. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen Independence Day Resurgence? No, I haven't even seen the first Independence Day. Oh, wow. But uh, I Re- heard that it was shit. It is total shit. I mean, first off, Will Smith's not coming back. Which, not that Will Smith makes or breaks a movie, but he really was kind of the standout of that movie. Right, right. Um, you get, uh, Bill Pullman back and, uh, I think Jeff Goldblum was back in it too. Um, I mean, honestly, I barely remember anything about this movie. Uh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum back in it. And then they have like the son of, of, uh, of Will Smith's character. 
because he died test piloting like a new hybrid ship and all that kind of stuff and and then turns out the aliens are still around and then the president's still taken over by the aliens and like like oh come on you guys can't come up with a better story than this i mean right. i mean it's just like it was and it was all this hype for it and then the movie was just garbage <laughs> it was such garbage and he's like well yeah i should have known like i did the one thing i said i wasn't gonna do and they're like okay whatever so in 2019, he did the movie Midway, which is about the Battle of Midway, right? Right. right. Um, I, I, I kind of remember this movie coming out. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I know I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, but to me, there's no real difference between Midway and Michael Bay, Bay's Pearl Harbor. Uh huh. Two different battles. I get that. Two different battles or anything. But really, what are you talking about? You're talking about a movie about an aircraft carrier. Uh, well, in the Pearl Harbor, the the, the main part to take care of, uh, took part of the aircraft carrier, but then bombing it and all that kind of stuff, and bombing Pearl Harbor, and then the battles, you know, at sea, and then the planes, and yada 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 yada. Right. Right. But pretty much, you're kind of telling the same story, only in a different location. Right. Right. And and they're both super like VFX laden. I mean, so honestly, am I really giving a shit about the plot? Or am I just watching a bunch of digital planes blow up a bunch of digital boats? Right. right. Okay. Okay. Who who cares? So check out this one here. Uh, Midway. 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 Um, the movie is called Midway because test audiences left the theater midway through the movie. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so Midway, the budget was $100 million estimated. Wow. Opening weekend, 17 million, 17.8. So I'm just going to say in night, 18 million. Gross, $56 million. Worldwide gross, 127 million. So worldwide, you made $27 million. Of course, we're not even considering like, uh, like for the promotional and all that kind of stuff, you know, right, right. for all that stuff. So yeah, your, your movie didn't do that great yeah. for everything that you put into it. And the movie's got some decent actors in it too, like, uh, it's got Patrick Wilson in it. It's got Woody Harrelson in it. Um, it's got Mandy Moore in it. Hell, it's, there you go right there. <laughs> Dennis Quaid, Aaron Eckhart, Nick Jonas. I mean, shit, this movie only made like the $17 million the opening weekend had Nick Jonas in it? <laughs> Damn. I mean, it's got to tell you something about the directing because it's like, okay, well, you've got that kind of a cast and it's still flopped. Yeah. I mean, damn, son. I mean, shit. If you if you can't make a make a hundred dollar hundred million dollar movie with Nick Jonas like do well, then you don't have any point being a director, man. Right, right. I mean, shit. So, oh, and it's got uh, Ed Screen or whatever. He's got to play Ajax in Deadpool. Yeah, and I think he's also from. Uh, isn't he from uh, Game of Thrones? Something like he that. He might be. I really don't know anything about Game of Thrones. Okay, me neither. All right, and then now we've got his movie Moonfall, which. As we already know, just had like really, really bad reviews. Did not do very well at all. So that's this guy's filmography, and I think the only thing we can really say about it is that a lot of people like White House Down. Okay, fine. Um, you know, The Patriot. A lot of people like The Patriot. I, I'm gonna admit, The Patriot's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Independence Day. Watched it. Love it. Um, Stargate. Liked Stargate a lot. So, from a career that started, I'm going to say, in 1984 to the current day, mm-hmm. right, of 2022. Right, right. What, what are we talking about? Like, uh, what, uh, almost 40 years? Mm-hmm. 
of making movies, and I only like four of them. Yeah. And you've got the nerve to be like, yeah, uh, these Star Wars and Marvel movies are ruining the industry. Um, yeah, not according to your track record, buddy. You're the one ruining the industry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, wait, what? Just because you got turned down for some shit doesn't mean that it's bad. Maybe you're just bad. Right, yeah. You don't make good movies. And the thing is, you make really bad... Like, if, if your goal is to make summer blockbuster movies, that tells you right now that you're not making anything of substance. Right, You're not. Yeah. So, because someone makes a better summer blockbuster movie than you do, like, dude, don't hate. Right, Don't yeah. hate. And if you can't do any better than that, then just say you can't do any better than that. You don't see, like, fucking, uh... What's the guy's name? Um, a trauma dude, right? Um, trauma. Um, Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, like you don't see him like getting pissed off because like somebody out there does like a better B movie than him, makes more right. money. He's like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm making B movies, man. Yeah. Man, like I'm doing what I love, you know. And it's like, do I did I make the best B movie I can? Uh, I probably could have made it a little bit better, but shit, I'm you know I I put it out there at least, and I'm happy with it. Yeah. yeah. So like, like he's the the project is done. So right. But I'm like, I'm like, this rolling in right? I'm like, like, yeah, well, you know, these guys, like, uh, they're, they're ruining the industry with, you know, with their, cause the, everyone's, everyone's making Marvel movies. They're making, you know, all these movies. Every like, no, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. I mean, you, you, you can't even look and see like how many Marvel movies we made from the time that they, the Iron Man came out. Right. To now, what are we talking about? Like 20 movies, maybe? Maybe. I mean, it, maybe. You're talking I'm- about, Three Thors. Yep. Um, three Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, three Spider-Man. Three Captain America. Three Avengers. I suppose that put us like, like 15 or something that's, like that? That's 15, yeah. We got one Hulk. Uh, so far, we got one Captain Marvel. Yep. Got one Black Panther. Yep. Two um, Ant-Man. Huh? Two Ant-Man. Two Ant-Man, right? Yep. What's that put us at? That's 20. That's 20. Did I, did I mention Hulk already, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. So, am I missing anything in there? I mean, I could go over to my shelf and look, but I, I think that pretty much hits it. Of course, not including the TV Sha- series. Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah, Shang-Chi and Eternals. So, yep. that's 22. And Shang-Chi well, was good. Is, is Eternals part of the... Mm-hmm. It's part of the MCU? Yep, sure wow. is. Wow, okay. Because they, they mentioned in the trailer about, oh, about the Avengers. Oh, yeah, shit. We've got two Guardians movies. So that's 24. Doctor Strange. Uh, okay, that's 25. Huh. Yeah, we have missed Doctor Strange. Huh. So. So Iron Man came out in 2008. So from 2008 to now, we've had 25 Marvel movies. Yep, yep. So that's what, 14 years? 14 years. So that's like less than three movies a year? Yeah. I guess, I, it's like I guess two, 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 movies two movies a year. year. That is two movies a year, like, pretty much even. Yeah. Now, granted, we know we've had some that are three movies a year, but then we also had, like, a gap where we went, like, a like a couple mo- a couple of years without no without any movies in the early days, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so we're talking about two movies a year, and they're saying, uh, oh, or he's saying, they're, they're ruined. They're, all they're doing is just making all these movies. Like, yeah, but you know what? These movies are better than yours. Yeah, like, they, they have substance... Very, very often they they have something to say. Now, like Star Wars, I, I don't believe they have a lot of substance or anything to say, but it's like 
they're also not just making the same movie. Right. It's like, yeah, they did the, the shitty sequel trilogy, and it was stupid and horrible, and I don't I don't know hardly anybody who actually likes them. No. I, I've only seen the first two, and then after... And then I was like, after the second one, I was like, this is garbage. Same, same. I still haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. No, I won't. But uh, it's like, so yeah, so they, they've got that. But then it's like, they also have Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue Spectacular. One is spectacular. Yeah. Great, great movie. Um, they've got Solo, which it's like, not a great movie, but it's entertaining. It's watchable. Not to be a snot. <laughs> it's so bad. It is so bad. <sighs> Oh, um, I mean, what killed it for me was the whole, well, you're alone, I guess we'll call you Han Solo. You know, what did it for me was the whole idea of, it's like, I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to save you five years later. <laughs> <laughs> you Oops. still, you still think she's there waiting to be saved. Right. But like after five years, like, you know what kind of atrocities she suffered? <laughs> I mean, and then like the whole thing, like, like just the, the ending when, uh, when the guy's leaving to get off the planet, even though they don't have a ship to get off the planet, like where the fuck was he going? Yep, yep. And then like he catches up to them. Like, well, how did how'd you catch you catch up to them? <laughs> like they, they had a head start. Like there's only one direction you can go. Like oh, okay, whatever. Like yeah, the whole the whole thing was just was just straight up garbage. Uh, I mean, I I don't disagree. I just think it was entertaining garbage, uh, which is all we really care about anyway. Um, but I mean, so I'm like, who is this guy to sit there and say, I mean, when the, when the only movie in the Marvel franchise so far that even is, is like equal to one of his movies is Captain Marvel. Yeah. And then that, all the rest of them just surpass him. So I, I would say Captain Marvel would probably be less boring though. Yeah. Captain Marvel's stupid. It's a bad movie. I, I get that. But it's like, at least you have, you know, flying around and blasting energy beams and stuff. Well, so I, will, I will say that he's got disaster. <laughs> if, if 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 I had a choice of watching, of watching Independence Day or Captain Marvel, I'll watch Independence Day. I mean, hell, I've watched that movie so much, I know that movie very well. And I can right. tell you right now, I haven't seen that movie in about ten years, <laughs> and I still don't know that movie so well. Um, you know? I, see, there's that. It's like, yeah, you know it really well. But it's like it's been ten years mm-hmm. since you've seen it. Yeah, like. Uh, You've actually seen Captain Marvel more recently than that. Well, yeah, that's because I was going to make fun of it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen Independence Day. I, I hear that it's good, but it's like I, I don't know. It's just like how how relevant can he be? Because like you know the the movies, like you know we we've talked before. We've got our movies that we watch very frequently. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, Old Boy. I watch a lot. Baby Driver, I watch a fucking ton. Yeah. Clockwork Orange, you know, I, I try to watch it at least once a year. Fight Club, I watch a couple times a year. Usually two or three. Now, I will say, I'll say this, though. Because, you know, I've, I've mentioned several times that I've watched a lot of, uh, I've watched a lot of, uh, of Marvel movies on when they've come on, uh, TV, uh, TNT and TBS and stuff, because it seems like they're showing them all the time. Mm-hmm. But every time I watch those movies, I come away with something new that I never noticed before. Yeah. As many times as I've seen Independence Day, I've never come across anything new that that I didn't see before. There's no there's no subtext to it. It's not yeah. layered in any way. Everything is right there on the screen. Bam. Yeah. You know. So well for for any um, any disaster movie, it's like how 
like, how much can you really pack in there to, like, to take home with you, you know? Right. It's like, you, you don't do a disaster movie to have some kind of message or have some kind of a point. Yeah. All, I all mean, it is is everything fall down, go breaky break. Right, pretty much. I mean, even even if you if you try to make one like, okay, we're, you know, we're going to do something with, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you did like a, like some like earthquake or whatever, where it's like, well, what happened was they were, they were drilling or, and it, they hit the fault line of uh, like a San Andreas. And then right. that caused like the massive earthquake. And like the, the moral of the story is we, sh- you know, like we shouldn't be drilling for these things. They had natural resources, blah, 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 right, right, right. Even still though, the point of it is not to tell a moral fa- like fable or, or story. It's to, like you said, everything fall down, breaky, breaky, and that's it. I mean, yeah. that's what I want to see. Um, I mean, hell, even in that regard, like, if I'm going to watch, I mean, you could even consider Independence Day, and that Independence Day, Armageddon, a disaster film. Mm-hmm. And that has better disaster scenes than, for what little they show, than even... It, even Independence Day. Independence Day was groundbreaking at the time for like the special effects in it and all that kind of stuff. The White House being blown apart and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I will credit Armageddon for, which is the first time I think I'd ever really either seen it or noticed it in a movie, is when the um, is when the first bits of asteroid come through and they hit New York yeah. and they take off the top of the uh, was it the uh, 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 Empire State Building? Right. Right. And you see the bodies falling from the buildings, mm-hmm. you know, and never really seen that before. It makes perfect sense. Never really seen that before. And I was like, okay, that's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. He didn't get that from his damn movies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. I mean, like, even, even like, Greenland had some substance to it, at least. Which one? Greenland. Which one's that? That's the one with the uh, planet killer asteroid coming down. They're trying to get to Greenland for shelter. Oh, yes. The one with, um. Deadpool's um, girlfriend. Who? Deadpool's girlfriend. Uh, Miranda Picard's in that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was kind of thinking of the other guy too. Uh, is it Michael Sheen? It's not. No. no um. No. Uh, shit. I, I've seen it. I've seen it like on TV, but I've never watched it. Yeah. But yeah. Um. It's pretty good. Uh, the guy that play, the guy that played General Zod. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um. Yeah, but, it's like you know, it's not a great movie, but like it's it's entertaining and it it, it actually has a little bit of substance because it's it's focusing on family mm-hmm. and like sacrifice and things like that. So, but I mean, and for someone that loves disaster films, right? I mean, I, I'd love to make a really good disaster movie. Um, mm-hmm. and and I'm like, you you do okay, but come on, man, like uh. But was that what was the frozen one we just we talked about a minute ago? Um, day after tomorrow. Yeah, day after tomorrow. I mean, it was horrible. It was so bad. It it just like. I feel the same way about day after tomorrow that I do. Um, the happening. Oh God, the happening. Yeah, where it's just it's just, uh, it's just bad. It's dumb. It's just dumb. You know, the one thing about a disaster movie that you have to you have to remember is that when everything is falling apart, right? Mm-hmm. When everything is falling apart, you have to have a a glimmer of hope at the end for the people that survive. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's all about like the disaster has happened, and we have to we have to kind of you know here not not that we have to survive through it, but we are the survivors of it. 
And now we have to make our way out of the situation because we're normally trapped in something. Mm -hmm. Make our way out of it. But then once we do, it's like we know that now that we've survived this, that, you know, things are going to be better tomorrow. Yeah. We've survived this and now we just have to, you know, we just have to like start rebuilding again. Right. But if you don't give that hope, then you've got nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. 2012, uh, well, 2012 is in, and day after tomorrow, they don't give you that. Like, like everything is still frozen. Right. Like, and then, and to the point where it's like, ain't getting any better. Even if, even if we did survive this, like, 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 what are we gonna, like, I don't want to live in this, like, world that, did things start to melt and then they started flooding some shit like that and, and like, day after tomorrow? I don't know. It's dumb. It's been long enough since I've seen it. I remember very little about it. I mean, so it was like, like you think the thing is, I don't even want to survive this movie. Like I'm done. Like I don't want to survive this. This right. is over with. And the other, the other part of it is that that it's like when it's done, a disaster movie. When it's done, it's done. Right. Like the disaster is over. I don't have to worry about this happening again. At least mm-hmm. not not right away. Right. Right. Um. But I mean, it's yeah, like. And the thing is, oh, this that's what this guy does. He doesn't have any real substance to him. It's all just blockbuster, you know, mm-hmm. and some people only call them like, you know, like popcorn movies or whatever. Right, right. But how are you going to criticize something that is, in a sense, what you, what you do. Right. But better. Yeah, yeah. And then not add, not a big like VFX showdown. Right. You know, sure, they use visual effects and stuff like that. But that's not what the movie is hinging on. Yeah, no. Like, the the Marvel movies have always been about the characters. It's always been a character study. You know, it's... And, and like, we've talked about it since... Um, since Endgame. That, like... You know, those, those moments that Steve and Tony had... Had been building up since the first Avengers movie. Yeah. Like, you know, everything that makes you special comes out of a bottle. You were never the guy to make the sacrifice play. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's a lot of buildup. That takes a lot of thinking. And that takes some really, really good writing. Some damn good writing. Right. So it's like, no, this, this, these movies aren't just, like, fun visual effects, pretty to look at stuff. That's in there. But, like, with without without the character focused aspect of the writing, they just they wouldn't have been what they are. Right. Like you mentioned like Avengers. So you got you've got like Tony Tony Stark and Steve Rogers meeting for the first time and and you've got Loki thankfully using the scepter to kind of make everybody kind of antagonistic towards each other. Mm-hmm. Which gets that all kind of out of the way. So then after that, like it was like I know kind of like Deep inside, like when you're angry, what you think about me. Right. But now we can kind of move on past that. And yes, I, I know it's just kind of like really just kind of like quickly hit like like talked about or, or hit upon and moved away. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it and and that's the thing is the movie is designed to make you think. If you think about it, you've got that scene where Tony is talking to Bruce and he says, This is the guy my father never shut up about. Right. So he always was kind of like in Captain America's shadow. Right. But he thought that he would, that he was through that because Captain America died. Right. Yeah. 
And then all of a sudden this guy comes back and he's like, <laughs> shit, like my dad's dead, but here this guy is that he never shut up about. Yeah, so now, not like this, now is it that the guy that, that kind of dominated the conversation with my dad is like, you know, he's, he's now he's alive again. And now I still have to live up to mm-hmm. this, this idea of what he was. And you meet him and he's everything that your dad said he was. Yep. Which just pisses you off more because everything you've ever achieved and everything you've, you've made for yourself still doesn't, I mean, doesn't equal up to that. And he yeah. says in the, in the second movie, when he discovers a new element and he's like, my dad's been dead, like, you know, like 20 years and he's still showing me stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so here's this guy is and, and, and like that, that whole, that whole back and forth between him as like, you know, you know, like, you know, put on the suit. Let's, let's go. It's like, it, I, I hate you, but I'm not really hate you, but I'm angry at you because of, of how my dad saw you and I could never live up mm-hmm. to that. It, it's kind of like the, the dynamic between, um, Batman and Superman, which, you know, like I've talked about it so much with Dark Knight Returns that like the first thing he see, says when he sees Superman in that story is like, there he is, perfect as ever. <laughs> it's like, it, like that, that's what he hates about Superman is that it's like, it's so easy for you. Mm-hmm. It's like this, you know, everything I do is a struggle because I'm just a guy. I like my superpower is being obsessive enough to not quit. Right. Like that, that's not a superpower. That's just a, a really unhealthy lifestyle choice. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but like, there's, there's Clark and he's, he's like a veritable god on earth. And it's like, that's just, you know, you can just sense the hatred. From Batman, as he says that, there he is, perfect as ever. Yep. It's that kind of thing for, for Tony, because for Tony, it's like, yeah, it takes effort for him to, to make the sacrifice play. That's not his nature. He he wasn't born into being a giving person to make the sacrifice play, but Steve is. That's that's inherently who he is at his core. Yep. And Tony is the guy who was given everything and had to make something of himself, mm-hmm. as where Steve was given nothing... And decide to make something of himself. Yep. Yep. You no, know, it's, uh, and, and then in, at the end of the Avengers, like, like when, when they all get together, he's like, all right, captain, you know, you call it. He immediately turns everything over to him. Is like, this is your, this is your area. This is your expertise. Mm-hmm. You do it, you know? And then, uh, in, in Age of Ultron is, um, when they, they make reference to to Tony like being in charge, it's like, oh, it's like I'm not in charge. It's like I'm just the guy that pays for everything and makes everybody look cooler. Yep. It's like, like <laughs> who's in charge here? Cap is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Which again, you know, like it's it's damn good writing. They show that development. Yep. The characters are never the same at the end of the film. Like they they learn, they grow, they develop, and they like their dynamic and their relationship changes. And, and I, and, you know, and you're still on the same kind of thing. You're talking about a cast of characters for a disaster movie. You can't just have one or two. You have to have a cast of characters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And each one has to be fleshed out in their own way. But generally you give them a note or two to hit on as far as the personality. And then they run with that. And that's yep. all, that's all you know them for. Yep. In the Marvel movies, granted, we've got more movies to build up each person's individual personality and stuff. But you do that. You do build them up. And the right. thing is, we're not just sticking with that one note. We're building them up more and more to say we're rounding them out as a fully, like, flesh person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, hell, think about think about uh, 
Captain America meets uh meets Blackwood and Natasha in the in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And 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 you get a real sense of Captain America, like who he is, with every like exchange, every piece of dialogue he says mm-hmm. when he first meets Bruce and he goes, uh so they he's like uh is like, so the news is you can find the cube. He goes, Is that the only news about me? He goes, only one I care about. Yeah. Be, that, that that just lays it right there, you yep, know. Yep. And then, so you go from uh, from Avengers, where he first meets Natasha, to um, to where we have him in uh, in uh, uh, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. where he and Natasha together, and she's like, you know, like, uh, do you trust me? Whenever he goes, I do now. Yeah. And it's like, you know, sure, like we were. It's not that I didn't trust you to do your job, but I know you now as a person, right? And and so, yes, I would say that, yes, I would trust you with my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that's something that's not built up just because, oh, we were in one fight together. So, yeah, now we feel good. You know, like, no, I know you now. Yeah. I right. trust you with my life. Right. Yeah. And then and then that comes into play when we get to Civil War, when she encounters, like, uh, Bucky and Cap trying to get away. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, you're not going to stop. Right. You know, and and she's like, I know you. You know, whatever it is, this isn't just about him being your best friend. This is about something more. Right. And I trust you just like you trust me. So I'm going to make the sacrifice and let you go. Yep. Yep. It's all about, it's all about building and building those characters and that understanding. And then, but you know, so you can't put down those movies, even on an individual basis, because even then you still, these people have more than one note to work off of. Right. Right. You know, to where you can come in and watch Avengers and not have met any of these characters before at all, mm-hmm. you know, just, and, and fully understand them and then say that there is more than the thing. The person has the weakest, I guess, um, like, uh, character is going to be Thor. Right. Right. But then you see, like, I mean, He's Thor. I mean, he's yeah. he's Thor. I mean, that's that's pretty much all you have to say. If you know anything about like you know the mythology, he's Thor. That's it. Yeah, like he he's the character who can get away with having weak character development in that. But you know, like Avengers was my first Marvel movie. Really, I saw that in theaters. That was the first time I'd seen anything from the MCU. And um, you know, there was no point where I was really lost. I'm sure I missed a lot of like the little background references and things. I still do to this day watching those movies because they're so jam-packed but yeah like i was able to follow it and i was able to like very quickly latch on to the characters and figure out who i was rooting for i think i've said the only thing that and i'm not sure if this is this is entirely accurate this has just been my always been my take on it the only thing that's missing by not having seen anything uh from avengers is after thor falls from helicarrier Mm -hmm. and he lands in the field and he goes to pick up his hammer and he goes to reach for it and he pauses Yep. And I've always equated that to, you know, he was afraid he wasn't going to be worthy because he failed to save, to save Coulson's life. And, you know, and the helicarry is falling out of the air. So he falls from the helicarry before it's been, before they, they uh, get the engines back online. Mm-hmm. So he has no idea what's happened to it. Yeah. Um, he fell in one spot. It was still flying forward. So it's like a good hundred miles or so miles away, mm-hmm. you know, from mm-hmm. where he is. He has no idea what's happened to it. And but he knows that there were people's lives in line. He failed to stop Loki, who got away. Phil Coulson died, and he he feels that when he goes to pick up that hammer, he's not going to be able to. And that's not something he wants to. 
that he wants to to go experience again. Mm-hmm. So there's that hesitation. <clears throat> yep, yep. And and I I love that. Oh yeah. And it, it, plus the other part of all that is that it's not heavy handed either. Yeah, yeah. It's so subtle. So it's like in, in like yeah, like you know, the movies can benefit from subtlety and. You know, I, I think I think any of any of this stuff that we're talking about, it it doesn't take twenty movies to do. No, like Marvel did it, and they did it because they wanted to be able to take that leisurely pace and take their time, really spinning this into a masterpiece. It, it's, it makes it a one of a kind franchise. They're, they're building up, they're building a world. Yeah, yeah, which is spectacular. But it's like, no, you can still have like those levels of subtlety and those levels of character development in an hour and a half film. No problem. Yeah. It's just that, like, you've decided that the most one-dimensional genre imaginable is your thing. That's your shtick. Okay. Yeah. Like, you've shoehorned yourself in. Like, nobody even remembers the first name of any of your characters because all you make are disaster movies. Mm-hmm. That's that's really, like, you're shortchanging yourself. Right. And, and let's be honest here, like, like you... You wrote these characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Stargate. I like Stargate, but let's face it, Stargate is also a self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh, hey, we've got this thing here. We've got this guy guy in here. Can you decipher this 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 Stargate? I sure can. We get the thing to work. Boom. Dopes up a thing to the other world. So what are we going to do? We're going to send a military unit through as well, just in case these people are hostile. Oh, we're also going to send them in with a bomb, just in case you got to blow some shit up. Oh, my God. What happened? we got to blow some shit up? Right. Really? <laughs> Well, it's a good thing you guys decided to do this. <laughs> I mean, hell, even, even in Armageddon, man, which, you know, people always want to trash and talk bad about. Even in Armageddon, when he's like, you know, hey, it's like, uh, we, it's like here at NASA, it's like, you know, like, we double up on everything. Two shuttles, two teams. Right. You know? It wasn't just like, it's a good thing they decided to pack another bomb on the thing. Like, no. Right, you know. Right. You know, at that at one point, they thought that you know everything was over. And obviously, that's just a, a you know a point of a uh, to add some drama and everything, and tension to mm-hmm, it. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, like it's not it's not like all of a sudden like oh, it's a good thing we happen to have this, right? Aren't right. you like even even with the like when they put the um when they put the uh, the the machine gun on the on the outside of the uh, armadillo, which is explained in the deleted scene. Now, granted. You know, you don't have the deleted. You shouldn't have to watch the deleted scene to understand something, right? Yeah. But but the machine gun never comes into play as far as a major plot point. Mm-hmm. They use it to show that Rockhound has space madness <laughs> or space dementia, right? And then they use it to blast themselves out of the uh, out of the cargo bay of the shuttle. Mm-hmm. But I mean, hell, even they didn't have to do it that do it you know that way. I mean, they could have used one of the drills to just drill like and just plow through this, you know, yeah, extended yeah. drilling on this. Use like a battering ram that plowed through I me. Mean, shit, most of the stuff have been destroyed anyway. Right, yeah. But it's not at any point where it's like, they're trapped in there. Don't worry. Good thing we got this machine gun here. Right. Da, 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 da. I got it by the da da da. da. <laughs> like, no, so, so it's it's there, and but it's it, but it's not a it's not like a big plot point where it's like, oh, it's such a good thing we have this. Right. Like, no. And it's like, ugh. But but even still, even with all that stuff, like you I'm not going to say because you haven't made a better movie, you can't criticize, but because you haven't made a movie with as much heart, right? then you can't criticize when your whole point is to make a big, 
like special effects blockbuster movie, you don't really have the right to criticize a better blockbuster movie that puts more into what it has than what you do. Yeah, yeah. You have no right to criticize. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it it's impossible with the kinds of movies he makes to really be invested and care about those lead characters. Right. And like I said, I watch Independence Day, I like it, but it really is just a just a fun movie. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, 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 and there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but th- there is when you're like criticizing, right? I mean, the, the it's, it's so coincidental too. It's like, oh, it just so happens that that like Captain Hiller's like girlfriend happens to find the first lady's downed like uh, helicopter, and then they get her to where the president is, which happens to be at the secret base, Area Fifty One, right. which happens to be where Hiller. Took the alien because he just so happened to have crashed right there at the salt flats, you yep, know, to be able yeah. to drive it like, oh, and then we all come together, you know, like just coincidentally. Right. I'm right. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, sure. Uh, so we are an hour and eight minutes in. Do we want to try for a two-parter or? No, no. I mean, I've given this guy's enough attention. If he, if, <laughs> if, if he needs more attention, he can go make another shitty movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, uh, and I mean, I think uh, we're gonna have to do a let's watch of that moon movie though. Hey, I mean, I like Patrick Wilson. I think he's. I mean, I think he's really proven himself to be a fantastic like like actor. I mean, if you look at at um at his character um Ocean Master from Aquaman, yeah, and look at him in um was it like I think he's in like a uh, Fam of the Opera, mm-hmm. and then in uh Watchmen as Night Owl. Yeah. And then some of the other movies, like, the guy's got some range on him, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like him. I, I, yeah, I think he's great. So he's in this movie, Moonfall. And then in order to give him someone really good to act against, to really show and elevate this movie, you give him Halle Berry. <laughs> like, oh, come on, really, dude? <laughs> I mean, I mean, the only thing Halle Berry does right now is just act like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, so, okay, yeah, good for you. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to keep coming after people who criticize the Marvel movies. I mean, if someone has something really good to say about them, I'm, I'm all for it. Because, again, I know these movies aren't perfect, and 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 I there's a lot of things you can criticize them about. And you can say, oh, hey, like like I said, uh, um, uh, Fat Matician. Fat Matician says the reason that he doesn't really like these movies is because you know like the with the uh with any kind of like superhero movie like the bad guy is always the opposite of the good guy mm-hmm. you know he's, he's always the good guy with like the same power as the good guy but he's just their evil version of him yep and yep. it's pretty much almost always the case but it's also because i don't have time in the movie to us uh, to establish the good guy's origin and the bad guy's origin and right, have them be right. two different people if i haven't given them the same power set I only have to explain it once. Yep. You know? Um, And then after that, I can create new villains because I don't have to describe my, 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 my good guy again. Yeah. But I understand from someone like him, who's not as a big comic book person, right? Mm -hmm. Where that's annoying to him where every time it's like, Okay, in the Hulk movie, the bad guy's the abomination. Yep. Yep. And Captain America, I mean, in in the case of Captain America, your bad guy is Red Skull, the opposite of Captain America. Mm -hmm. And then in Winter Soldier, it's, Winter Soldier, to kind of the opposite of Captain America, even though yep, the bigger yep. threat is actually Hydra. Right, right. You know, but I mean, in Iron Man, it's Iron Monger. Right. I mean, right. so it's like, it's, it's, it's that. I've, 
yeah, I fully get it. Yeah, you know? I, I understand where he's coming from. And again, when someone brings me something like that, I'm like, oh yeah, I I see it. I yeah, I get why that doesn't appeal to you. It's yeah, that's kind of weak, mm-hmm. but I also understand why. Right, right. Yeah, doesn't mean doesn't mean that it makes it any better, but I understand why. Right, yeah. So yeah, but, for sure. But if you can't if you can't come to me with anything new, then just like then you know, then like then shut your damn mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's like if if you don't have an actual insight, then like stop wasting our time. Exactly. But yeah, all right. Well, I have been a Comey. And my name is Turk182. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been interesting. Yeah. And, uh, hey, Roland Emmerich, um, you know, hey, good luck with all your future endeavors. I can't wait to see Moonfall 2. Yeah. It'll be great. The moon is still falling. That's <laughs> just, it's Moonfall 2. The moon is still falling. <laughs> no, no, he said he'd never do sequels, so. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, anyway, so thank you all very much for indulging us again as we, you know, kind of offer a little bit of defense for our, our love of Marvel movies. Again, it's not really a defense. We're just saying that, hey, you know, you need, you need to come up with something better. If this is what you're, if this is what you're going to attack me with, you got to come up with something better. Yep. Really. Yep. Absolutely. All, all right. right. Well, later, everybody. Zang, yo. All right there, folks, that was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.